23rd Psalm is this really, at the end of the day, kind of really cool summary of so much of David's life. David's the guy who wrote it, who was one of many kids in a family that at times he was overlooked in. He was a shepherd uh, who was lots of times lived on his own out in the wilderness guarding his sheep. He became this incredible warrior when nobody really thought he should and people were really questioning his motives. He eventually became king, but on the way to becoming king, uh, people tried to kill him. People were threatened by his future leadership. Uh, he, he got married. He had his own kids. He, he was absent at times. He probably should have been present. Uh, he actually at one point had everything the world could offer and yet wanted a little bit more. So he took it and then murdered somebody to try and hide it. Uh, David lived a, a really remarkable up and down life. And on the road of David's life, there's all these twists and turns. And in, and in Psalm 23, it's, it's like he's sitting back towards the end of his life and he's writing this worshipful reflection on the road of his life. And it's overflowing. It's, it's literally just pouring out these promises that, that David has experienced, these promises of God that he describes as a shepherd. And David knows shepherding, right, because he was one. And he knows what it's like to have sheep because he watched sheep. And he also understands that we are like sheep and that God is like a shepherd. And, and so David plays this thing out in these just handful of verses, this one short, prayerful, worshipful journal entry that the Spirit inspired him to write and was gracious enough to give us insight into it. And so we're, we're listening and we're learning from the Spirit working in a guy's life who was not perfect, far from it, had all sorts of bumps and bruises and twists in his life. There's all these promises. And last week we started just by this foundational promise, which is in the first verse, just this reality that, that our shepherd, God our shepherd, lacks nothing and yet gives everything. He lacks nothing and gives us everything everything, all of the resources of his life, all of the resources of, of heaven. And then he goes on and he writes this, and it's part of what we just read together with Derek. He, he writes this in the second, and we're going to kind of look at the second and third verse. He, he says, he, God, makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he leads me beside quiet waters, and that feels good, right? That sounds good. He makes me is really, he makes space. He makes it so I can lie down in green pastures, which is where a sheep would have would have, would have had the best place to, to get nutrients, to eat the best grass, to, to have all of the, the right minerals coming into their lives. This is the place of health, right? This is the place of, of goodness. There's quiet water so that while the sheep is eating or the sheep is resting, it knows nearby where it can, can get a drink. Like it's this picture of goodness. It's this picture of man. This is how life should be, right? And David's had moments where he experienced that. He paints this picture. This is, this is how life should be. But then in one connected thought, he writes this. Look at the next part of this little phrase. He said this. He refreshes my soul. We're going to come back to that word here for a second. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. There's this thing of, man, life is good, but oh, that's right. Life also keeps moving. Life, we get these good places with God. We get these good experiences where our relationships seem good. The job seems good. Our health seems good. Our, our emotional health seems good. I mean, there's lots of good people around us. It's just really good. But then he says, but he refreshes my soul so that he can keep leading me along. That word refreshes, um, I want to just teach you a little Hebrew word this morning. Before I teach you the Hebrew word, let me give you my, my Hebrew word caveat, okay? 
I'm going to teach you a Hebrew word, and you can like go to a restaurant this afternoon and use it or something. Um, it doesn't mean you're any more deep or spiritual, okay? It's just a way to give us a box, a window into a little bit of this thing. And, and the Hebrew word for refreshes is actually this word. It's shuv. Just say shuv. Shuv. It's kind of a fun word too, right? I picked it because it's one syllable. Um, just shuv. And here's what it simply means. It means to return or to bring back or to restore, or to repent, or to turn something, to return, to bring back, to restore, to repent. Now, it's interesting. Let's just, let's just think about this for a second. David just described life as good. Life is great. But then he says, like in one thought, he says, and while I'm there, sometimes the Lord has to shove me. He has to bring me back. I'm in the middle of all of this good, and yet he has to shove me. He has to restore He has to restore me. Why is it that in the middle of David writing, man, things could not be better, green pastures, still waters? Why is it that he writes, but at the same time, sometimes when everything around us is good, there's something that that requires Jesus, our shepherd, to have to shove us, to bring us back, to restore us, to, to rebuild something. Well, there are some things that make it really hard. Uh, for a sheep to rest. And sometimes when those things are, are not in place, when the sheep doesn't have everything it needs to rest in the middle of the goodness, uh, what can happen is that the sheep can actually start looking for comfort in a pocket of the ground, and it can actually get tipped over into what's called a cast position. The sheep can get cast. It looks like that, right? It looks like that. Here's the only problem with that position for a sheep. It can't get back up. Once the sheep is cast, once the sheep is flipped on its back, what's it's tried to maybe nuzzle into a little nook in the ground or hole in the ground to find a a piece of comfort, or once that that sheep has gotten cast for whatever combination of reasons, it, it cannot get itself back upright. And they start to panic, as you can imagine. They start to flail and, and rock and attempting to get themselves back up. They get louder. The, the bleeding is panicked because right? they're, they're, they're stuck. If a shepherd never comes, the sheep actually die in that position. This can be the beginning of the end. And David says, in the middle of all that is good, in the middle of green pastures and near quiet, still waters, sometimes I can get cast, I can get flipped upside down, and I need the shepherd to come shove me. And there are some things that can cause a sheep unrest, that are some of the very same things that can cause our soul to be cast, to get flipped upside down, and to be in the midst of so many good things, but not be able to enjoy them, not be able to really savor them, and sometimes to be actually finding ourselves losing sight of them. One of them is just relational tension. And there's a flock of sheep, if they, they, they start, you know, they start a pecking order. They start trying to establish order and who's the lead sheep and who's the, the big, you know, who gets to lead the day. And there becomes this, this relational tension that can develop in the flock. And when the relational tension is there, sheep won't rest. They, they, they get uneasy. They start to panic. They start to look for some place to, to establish some other kind of comfort. And you and I, we kind of get that, right? We, we kind of get that, right? We get that relational tension does something to us, right? I mean, we've, we've all had the relationship breakdown. 
or we've all had the relationship break up. We've all had the, the unmet expectation. We've all failed to meet a certain expectation. We've all had moments like David where it feels like we were overlooked by sometimes our own family or the people we were trying to serve. We've all had times like David had in his life where we, we should have showed up. Even if we didn't know exactly what we were doing, we should have showed up, we should have tried, we shouldn't engage, and we didn't. And it left us with this re- relational tension and this un- unsettledness. For some, it's more extreme. You, you know what it's like to literally be on the wrong side of abuse, mental or physical or emotional abuse. And when we experience that, there are very real wounds that come with that. And it doesn't mean we're offended. We don't always have to be offended to be hurt, right? You can be hurt and not be offended. We, we can even understand somebody else's motives. We can even be trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. And you know what? Even while we're giving people the benefit of the doubt, sometimes we still, we still get cut a little bit. There, there's still some, still some pain that, that goes with that. And that relational hurt, that relational confusion, that that relational scarring, it, it can literally leave our soul cast. We can find ourselves in the middle of lots of good things, looking around us and saying, wait a minute, there's a lot of good people over here in my life, and there's a lot of good thing, and my finances are better than they've ever been, and I feel more healthy than I've ever been, and I feel like I'm doing really good things and I'm engaged in things that I love and yet something isn't working. I'm not moving. I feel like I'm just completely stuck and no matter how hard I try or kick or flail or scream, it's, it's not working. And so then what I'll do is I'll just try and callous up. I'll just get a little more hard and I'll get a little more walled off because maybe that was the challenge, right? Maybe that's why I'm here because I just was too vulnerable. I let too many people in or if I was a little stronger, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hurt by that. We find ourselves like, like the, the cast sheep just completely flipped upside down with so much good around us and yet wondering, wait a minute, why am I not ex- actually experiencing the good that's around me? Because it doesn't take much relational tension. It doesn't take much of a relational misstep for us to find our soul cast, just tipped upside down and suddenly in need, right, of our shepherd to come and to shove us like to bring us back, to, to restore us, to, to set us back to, to upright. Just a couple of months ago, I was actually around Easter. Um, I, I had invited some, some people into something with me um, that I really thought, man, this is, this is what like, they should want to do, right, with me. I mean, we know each other well. We've, we've got lots of history. We, we, we love each other. We, we've, we've known each other. Really, I've known these people my whole life, right, my whole life, right? Now, this should, this should be easy, right? This should be the natural thing. And, and so I made this invitation, yet even making the invitation, I kind of already knew the answer was going to be no. I've known them my whole life, and it's, it's been bumpy long enough that I, I man, like, we should all want to do this together, but... 
I kind of already know the answer is going to be no, and I'm bracing myself for this disappointment, and I'm anticipating the disappointment. I'm, I'm even telling Erica and our girls, like, this is how this is going to go. And, and, and yet I still ask, and, and even though I knew it was coming, when the no came, when I thought, man, this should be such an easy yes for something for us to experience together, even though I knew it was coming, even though I've been down this road before, just the, the, the honest reality was, is it just tipped me upside down for a little bit. I tried to not let it. Like, I tried to get myself, like, super prepared, right? Like, it's not going to mess with me this time. It's not going to, right? And it just, it just flipped me upside down. So then I'm experiencing Easter, and we're experiencing Easter here, a journey, and it's great, and, and, and lots of really cool things happening. And then, then we have lunch together. We've got these people in our house, and we invited some people over who didn't have family around or whatever, and we're, we're sharing Easter together. And, and it gets to the end of the day. I'm like, man, this was a great weekend, but, but something... But something, like, why was it, why does it feel like it's missing something? And there's this, there's Jesus, this good shepherd again in my life saying, hey, John, hey, John, hey, John. Um, you, you remember that, that conversation from a few days ago, the one that you knew was going to go the way it went? Remember that? Um, hey, would, would you let me shove you? <laughs> would you let me put you back? Would you let me bring you back? Because you're right, John, they're still good all over the place. But would you, would you like to let me shove you? Would you let me set you back upright again? I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, again. Yes, okay, yes, again. And in that moment, the only thing that stands between us and, and him setting us upright is, is bitterness. When we choose bitterness, we, we, we're kind of saying to Jesus, no, I'll just stay here in the cast position. I'll die here. Thank you. She said, no, John, would you just, would you let me shoot you? See, because this is what, this is what Jesus does. He knows his sheep. He knows his sheep. And at the end of the day, people who are following Jesus, they, they know Jesus. They know his desire to do good and, and to do things like we sang about earlier, to restore souls. They know his desire to bring him back. In fact, Jesus actually says that in John chapter 10. Jesus says it this way. He says, look, I, I am good and I know my sheep and my sheep do know me. And sometimes this is what Jesus has to do with us when we've been cast. Sometimes it's bad enough, deep enough. It's been long enough that he literally says, look, I'm not just going to set you upright. I'm going to have to literally carry you for a little bit on this one. But you know what? I, I want to carry you. Like, I'm not begrudgingly carrying you. I've never wondered if I was going to want to. I've, I want to carry you. And he's, he comes to us. He says, look, I know. I, I, I see. I see the wound. I see you upside down. I, I see you in the cast position. I see you in the midst of so much good but not able to experience. I'm just going to put you on my shoulders a little bit. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to talk it out. I'm going to heal. I'm going to get you back with the rest of the flock. I'm going to get you back in where, where you're actually experiencing what I'm trying to do in your life and what I'm up to and the good I'm trying to bring. I'm, I'm going to shove you. I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bring you back. And see, here's the reality. When we put this many of us in a room on any given day, do you know it's just true? It's just, it's just true. It's true every time. It's that there's a whole bunch of us for all sorts of different reasons. 
that we really do need Jesus to shove us today. We really do need Jesus to bring us back. We really do need Jesus to set us upright again. We really do need to experience the tangible, healing, restoring presence of a really good shepherd. We really do need to know that he hears us in our pain. He hears us when we're tipped upside down. He hears us when we can't get ourselves back upright. And he comes to us. Because here's the promise. Here's the promise of David in this little part. The promise really is that the shepherd always comes to us and he always brings us back. The shepherd always comes to you. He always comes. He's a good shepherd. He heard you before you even knew you were actually tipped upside down a little bit. He he heard you before you actually knew that wound had caused that much pain and had that much impact. He heard you before you even knew you needed help getting back up. That's who he is. He's a good shepherd, and he always comes, and it's always to bring us back to upright, walking with him on those paths of righteousness again. So again, I... I don't, I don't know to, even today what the wound or the relational disappointment or fracture or tension you might have experienced in the last 24 hours. The last seven days, the last 30 days, the last 30 years. All I know, all I know is that there really is this really good shepherd who says, I, I, got, I see that and I got that. Would you let me just come to you like I always do? Would you let me bring you back like I always do? What's, what, is it, what is it for you? What's the most recent or the longest lasting wound, piece of brokenness, disappointment, unmet expectation, betrayal, abuse? What is it? What's the most recent or the longest lasting thing you've held against yourself? Where you haven't responded the way you wanted to. You haven't come through the way you wanted to. And you've actually held it against yourself. Your own failure. You've charged it against yourself. And and you just need a shepherd that would come and say, "I, I know, I know. Let me set you back up. Let me carry you for a little bit maybe even. Let's walk this thing out. What's the organization or the system that's wounded you or disappointed you or not been who you thought it should be. Maybe it's the school. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the church. Maybe it's an agency. Maybe whatever it is. Jesus says, I got that too. I, the shepherd always comes. And it's always to bring us back. I, I would love for us just have an opportunity to just respond to this, just to lean into Jesus a little bit. So we're going to do two things to help that happen um, th- this morning. The first is um, we're going to just share in a song together where um, we're going to sing, again, kind of what we always do. We're singing about God to God and encouraging one another with it. And so our team's going to come, and we're just going to sing a song about how God really does view us and how eager he is to get to us and how determined and relentless he is to be that good shepherd that, that comes back to us. And while we're doing that, 
um, some of our prayer team is going to be available in the back. And, and maybe you would just say, hey, today's my day. I just need somebody to pray with me. And you can tell them all the layers of your wound, or you can tell them nothing. You can just go stand in front of them and stare at them, and they will eventually just start praying for you. But here's the reality um, that I just know is true. Every single time we talk about this, we talk about this at least once or twice a year, but we could talk about it every single week. Every time we talk about it, there's just tons of us in the room who would know and acknowledge, yeah, this is part of my life right now. I've got to navigate that wound. I've got to experience the goodness of a shepherd that always comes to me and always brings me back. What if the, what if the chief aim of Jesus today was literally just to shove you, to restore you, to set you back up, maybe even to carry you for a bit? What if that's the chief aim of him today? We're going to take a chance and just allow him to do that. I want to invite you to stand. And so we're, we're going to sing. And um, again, prayer team in the back, there's a couple of spots and there's signs on the wall that are just kind of above their heads so you can find them. But there's one back over here and, and, and one over here. Steve's over here. And I think it's Tammy back in this corner, maybe over here. Yep. And um, so if you're a gal and you want to get to a gal, it's Tammy. If you're a guy and you want to get to a guy, it's Steve, whatever works for you. Um, but don't delay. Have the courage to go for it and do it and to lean in and just receive the shoving, the bringing back, the restoring, the resetting of a really good shepherd today. Jesus, we invite your help. For some of us, we invite your courage. We need to take one step to draw a line in the sand today to say no more. I'm not living with this anymore. I'm not living with this wound keeping me upside down anymore. And we come to you and we put ourselves in front of you and say, Jesus, yep, here we are. Would you pick us up? Would you bring us back? so that we literally could enjoy all of the good around us, those green pastures and those still waters. So we, we literally, what we're doing, Jesus, we're just saying here, we're going to submit ourselves to your care and your way and your healing this morning. And we're grateful, grateful, grateful for the opportunity. Time is yours. Let's sing this together. Prayer team is available. You make a move to them. If you form a little line back there, that's great. That's the normal thing. Go ahead. Time is yours.